Welcome to the Real Pill Podcast. Uh, my name is Mark Salcedo, Magic Editor and Writer at ScreenGeek.net. Alongside me, I have my bestest of Betsy, Bessie, best, best friends. <laughs> For a second, I thought you called me Betsy. Don't ever call me Betsy. Your name's not Betsy? No. It's Kelsey Louisa. <laughs> I am a writer and editor for ScreenGeek.net as well, and I put up with Mark's bullshit all the time. Yes. <laughs> so great. <laughs> uh, we want to welcome you back, everybody, back to the show. Uh, if this is your first time listening, where have you been all our lives? And uh, we are a film news podcast. Uh, we cover film news, do a little bit of reviews of a recent film, a couple segments, uh, that is filled with hilarity to the brim. And uh, we do an old school review, uh, which we like to call geriatric cinematic review. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sometimes I feel like I'm going to slip that up. Uh, but there is a reason why we are doing the geriatric cinematic review. And I want to have Betsy, <laughs> uh, Betsy, best, best friend, <laughs> Kelsey, explain why uh, our show is uh, in existence. Uh, Mark is a cinephile and I am clearly not. I don't know anything about films from the past from a nostalgia standpoint. Mm -hmm. Um, so we thought it would be fun to bore you guys to tears with, with his opinion versus my opinion and to see if my fresh view will, you know, of a film would hold up in today's standards you know because i'm all about today's standards i know everything <laughs> no no you know i mean yeah you weren't really like raised up in the world of film but like since we since we've met and been talking you've been like picking up on a lot of things like certain like character development scenes acts and stuff like that even like camera angles that i would even catch you catch like you know the flip of a switch you're, yeah like, right there i don't give myself enough credit that's true you don't you don't there is shit that i'm just like wow i would never thought of that who are you and what happened to kelsey (laughs) (laughs) i have a multiple i have multiple personalities okay one of them's betsy right yeah (sighs) hey betsy hey (laughs) that's creepy (laughs) okay so for today's show we're gonna have uh, our news segment uh we are going to have a try this not that segment uh we are seeing the return of deathbed do-over and for our recent film it's uh oh boy dark phoenix oh boy you can tell by the sound of my voice and kelsey's chuckle it's a romp right in the park in the park the dead park um so the film that we're actually going to do for a geriatric cinematic review uh it's going to be the usual suspects uh the way how we choose these films is uh we will pick like a recent film that's come out either be like on the streaming service or a uh major theater release and uh we find a connection with that to our geriatric cinematic review. Uh, in this case, you know, Dark Phoenix, X-Men, Brian Singer pretty much started the whole X-Men universe and kind of like gave it what comic book is today. I mean, if uh, there wasn't a pile of dog shit in front of us, we would have never known where to build a foundation like Marvel. What? <laughs> I just hate these movies. That's I was just a way to shit on these movies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, that was kind of weird, folks. Sorry. <laughs> I've had a long day. Uh, okay, so, 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 so. Uh, in our news segment, I'm going to let Kelsey 
take this story away. Uh, Love, Death, and Robots. Yes. All right. I had no idea what this was, and everyone was raving about it. And then Mark watched it. And then I was sad because he watched it without me. And then I felt like I didn't have anyone to talk to about it. You want to watch this and talk to someone about it because it's great. Um, If you haven't seen the first season, you need to watch that because now there's going to be a second season coming out. Yeah. The uh, what's it called? I always get the name wrong. Love, Death and Robot. Uh, That is a collaboration with like, well, it was created by David Fincher and uh, it's just like a, you know, for the, for the people who haven't watched it, which is like three of you, I think, um, uh, it's a series of like short films, uh, ranging from like, what, like eight to like 15 minutes or something like that. And it's all animated and it's like really intense kind of thing. Oh, my bad. Actually, it's created by Tim Miller. I know David Fincher has something to do with it. I think he's like one of the producers. Uh, and it's just like a bunch of like short films that have like no connection, but like a lot of the style is like super cool and badass. And, um, all those stories are so different that they're not even animated the same. Yes. So some of them look very realistic. You couldn't even tell that it was animated. Mm. And then some of them are, um, you can tell they're animated, but they're still done really well. Yeah. They're like beautiful like backdrops and like great neon colors and stuff like that so it's it's really great um there's no release date announced but netflix have have given the second season uh a green light so yeah you guys green means go huh? green means go what about people who are colorblind gray means grow <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> Woo! <laughs> oh god it's like the first day where it's been over 100 degrees and i think we're starting to hallucinate so what are you talking about? i'm hallucinating Just all the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh for the people who don't know we're out here in socal and yeah it's been, it's officially like the first day was to first day of like 100 degree weather started today right it was like 102 or some shit no it was like 106 oh, i saw 102 on my watch i think my watch blew up or something in the maybe uh okay so on to the next new subject uh oh this is something um i'm gonna give it to kelsey again because she's more familiar with the story than i am uh polly perrette tweets she'll never return to ncis mm-hmm. so what's um, the story about that so polly perrette is um for all of you ncis fans she is the um the goth girl scientist yeah the forensic uh scientist right mm-hmm. um she has always been sort of like the comic relief, and then she'd kind of be a little more dramatic in the series when uh, when it called for it. Um, but I guess she left the show maybe like a year ago, um, and CBS is saying that, you know, she left on good terms, but she's saying that she's actually afraid of Mark Harmon. Yeah, the host of the show. I mean, the star of the show, correct? The star of the show, yeah. Yeah. Um. He, I guess he had a dog on set that attacked her at one point. Um, And it's not the first time she's ever complained about him coming after her, not even just the dog. Um, She has nightmares about it. Yeah, this was, uh, this, it was, she was actually responding to a tweet. Uh, 
somebody asked her like you know if you're ever coming back to ncis i I don't watch the show so what she's been gone for about a few years right only about a year i think okay and her response was uh no i am not coming back ever uh please stop asking she tweeted on friday june 7th i'm terrified of mark Harmon and him attacking me i have nightmares about it i have i have a new show that is safe and happy you'll love it and she goes she does like a little plug but you know a plug is a plug so i i think i had heard i think i had heard shit about mark uh let's say dan Harmon about mark Harmon being like a total dick on uh on the set of that show when you're a part of a show for that long mm. i think it's kind of hard to keep in touch with why you became an actor and actress in the first place yeah I can see that. You think maybe it's kind of an ego thing, or he just... <clears throat> excuse me. You think it's an ego thing, or he just a complete asshole? Um, which, is both, which is like two of the same things. I'm getting a weird vibe off of her, too. Really? To be honest. Like, okay. I mean, I don't know any of them personally, obviously, but um, I think that with her love and peace thing that she seems <clears throat> to be have, mm-hmm. you know, having going on right now, uh, I think maybe his type A personality went against hers. Yeah. And I think he probably just liked to get at her because it was fun. So for those who aren't initiated, including myself, what is a type A personality? A type A personality? Well, yeah, you said like he's a you said he's a type A personality, right? With I, I thought that with. was a very common phrase. Oh, okay. I I isn't I thought that was like a phrase. Type A is like uh type A is like um Go-getters, like overachievers. Okay. Um, people who have a strong personality or um, whether they're intelligent or not, they're type A. What's type B? Type B is more passive. What do you see me as? Type A, type B, or type F for fail? You're a B plus. I'll take that. Sounds right about my high school grades. Well, <laughs> actually C, but whatever. It's coming. <laughs> yeah so uh yeah she, she's not coming back which no she's just not her. in actually what she had said was all in caps i yeah. think you forgot to mention that <laughs> yeah she's like i'm not coming back ever yeah i'm not coming back all caps exclamation ever all caps exclamation wow some uh some animosity right there she it yep all right so what else what also happened is I think this is kind of funny, but kind of sad at the same time. Um, Swamp Thing got canceled. Mm. Uh, DC Universe's Swamp Thing got canceled after one episode. Um, I remember watching the Swamp Thing TV show, like in the 90s, I think, maybe 80s. Uh, But from what I heard, the show was really good. And people were wondering why the show got canceled. And what happened was... Uh, they had a production of about 13 episodes that were cut down to 10. And I don't know. There was, I think there was something like after that, it got canceled, but then it wasn't canceled. And when they came down to it, apparently it had to do with like a tax cut. Mm -hmm. They were supposed to get, let me see. They were supposed to get like a $40 million tax, uh, sorry, a $40 million tax break. And from what I heard, the production for the entire season was going to be about $8 million. So. Because <coughs> you said eight or 80? 80. 80. $8, 0 million 
for the season. Uh, so it was like about a $26 million budget. I'm sorry, $26 million difference. And uh, this is uh, one of uh, James Wan's uh, produced show, produce show. James Wan is the guy who directed the Aquaman film. And he's even he's not fully understanding. Like I can't understand why this is getting canceled, you know. And like I said, people are really liking this show. Um, it's also been kind of reporters or maybe speculated that there was just an error when it came to like filling out the forms, mm. and some like somebody in accounting just like fucked up. So they didn't get their tax break out. It was out in North Carolina. Oh, so okay. they said, "Fuck it, we're just not gonna." produce any more of this show this is actually kind of shocking to me because this is wb it's not like some small like independent uh studio nothing you know like we haven't heard of and there's this and now there's rumors that uh the dc universe streaming service might be thinking about um i'm sorry wb is reevaluating that which is kind of silly that they didn't think about it beforehand because Warner Brothers has Warner Media, and they're doing a streaming service. DC's owned by Warner Brothers, so why didn't they just do like a Warner Brothers streaming service, which is weird? I um, they shouldn't even bother because they don't really make a they don't really have a huge draw at the box office or anything anyway. Yeah, that's true. Their shows do really well, like Flash. Uh, here, what's that one show? Heroes of Tomorrow or some Legends sh- of Tomorrow, which yeah. is a shit show. <laughs> Well, people like that. And Arrow, which is finally is getting a final season. Um, but from what I'm hearing, Titans is good and Doom Patrol is good. But it seems like uh, WB might be getting a little hesitant on being so gun ho with their production. So, what's well, the question that I want to bring up is, do you think WB is being worn down by throwing all this money out with all these, like, comic book production programs i don't know if i can be super objective about that because Mm -hmm. i did like the flash okay and then i had some gripes about it and then i started hearing other people who watched it have some of the same gripes yeah and and they don't fix it season after season Uh and so it's it's almost like WB should just kind of pull out of the, I think they should just pull out of the comic book stuff. Yeah. Or at least like really, really think about what the fuck they're going to do next. Like they're not super known for having great shows of their own merit. Uh. Their shows are campy. All of them. They're, they're pretty campy and people like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So cool. Continue on with that. If that's what you want to do. Yeah. But I don't, I think DC is a fucking poison. <laughs> really? Holy shit. It's a poison. Like nobody, people like them because they have nostalgia for, for DC or whatever. Mm-hmm. The characters are great. The, you know, the stories are great. Yeah. But their movies are just The kinda... movies are garbage because <laughs> they're not really DC films. They're films made by people who just want to make money. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with that. I mean, they're kind of like, I mean, the Man of Steel was all right. And then that those, uh, that BVS and that Justice League movie was garbage. But you can tell they kind of were like 
picking up themselves after Wonder Woman, which is, you know, it was a good film. It wasn't too bad. Aquaman, I get why people like it. I didn't like it particularly, and but I really did enjoy um, Shazam. Yeah, I actually did like that movie. Yeah, see, that was like a good film. And I think like, it, I think the problem was that they really had no direction. Like, like how Marvel has at least some understanding of where to take their universe. Like, even though some of the characters from like the TV shows and the movies don't necessarily intertwine, there are still some mentions of them within the show or within the movie. Mm-hmm. So we have an idea of like, okay, cool, like. We know this is in the same universe, and they they at least kind of circle around each other. Yeah, DC is just like, well, you know, we'll just make a cyborg movie, and a Green Lantern movie, and a Birds of Prey, and all this stuff. <laughs> Even though people are like, we want Superman, can we please get a second Superman movie? And they're like, nah, nah, man, we're gonna we're gonna get you a twentieth Batman movie, <laughs> a twentieth Batman movie. It's, oh god! Oh, oh wait, we're gonna maybe kill Robin this time. Oh. Gosh, fucking Zachary, what's wrong with you, man? Uh, they, but they they <clears throat> they might be fixing it because Matt Reeves is directing the next Batman movie. There's a good director. Um, what's his name? Robert Pattinson. Pattinson is the new Batman. It's been confirmed now. He's a he's a good actor. So I don't know. Maybe they might get their shit straight. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Maybe I, it's I have a question for you, and sure. it's mostly because I don't know what I'm talking about. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You're just not super informed, but yes, you do. Come That's on. what I mean. I'm not informed. Okay. So, Marvel mm-hmm. has its own, like, studio. MCU. Yeah, Marvel Studios. Mm-hmm. Okay. DC, is it, or is WB their their studio, or do they have their own studio like Marvel does? No, uh, well, Marvel's like how Disney is. I mean, Marvel... Marvel and DC are kind of the same in like uh, Marvel's owned by Disney. So they have a big boss. DC has a boss, big boss is WB. But see, WB has owned the properties of DC for ye- for decades. That's why we've had Superman, we've had several Batman movement, Batman movies. We've had these Green Lan- this Green Lantern movie. So they own it. So maybe W maybe DC is not the poison. Maybe WB is. Is WB WB is the biggest is the biggest fucking problem. It's like um. Look okay so look I'm just gonna I know this is kind of like out of left field. Mm. But I watched that Tarzan movie. Okay. That WB made. Yeah. Like, I feel like every single film that WB comes out with, I'm like, it's gonna be a C. It's gonna be a C movie. It's gonna be a C. That was the one that had. What, Peter Skarsgård in it or some shit yeah. like that? Yeah. Some of them are good. They make some good movies. Which one? WB? Shit. Uh, let me bring up that long list of WB films. Uh, <laughs> if you have to go looking and nothing comes off the top of your head. Well, I mean, maybe I'm just not as informed as you are. <laughs> okay, so let's, let's go there. It makes me sad, too, because I remember watching... WB like cartoons and shit growing up and you get so like I don't know you, you saw that WB logo come up and you knew you were gonna have a good time mm-hmm. and now it's to me it's just like no I don't I don't want to watch anything they do anymore all right all right all right so these are WB films uh pick detective Pikachu these are recent ones it was okay okay uh let's but see but it had its problems a panda movie never saw it <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing i can't okay so they have 
WB. I, I don't know why I'm blanking. Is it because WB's library is so fucking huge? It's just like you can't really say. Okay, okay all right. A Star is Born. That was a good movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Creed. Creed Creed 1 and Creed 2. Good Creed movie. 2 is kind of crappy. It wasn't that crappy. It had problems, but it wasn't that crappy. Okay. Uh, crazy Rich Asian. I almost say Crazy Bitch Asian. <laughs> crazy Rich Asian. And that's just like the recent stuff. Okay, all the movies that you mentioned are things that were all right, but they had problems. No, Crazy Rich Asian was good. It wasn't just all right. I didn't watch that one. It's like, I don't know if you've ever heard anyone compare the army to the Marines. Yeah. And Uh, like their death rate, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And, uh, And, you know, the army is like, oh, you know, less of us die than you guys do or whatever. It's like... You can't compare them because one of them is so much bigger than the other that their percentage is going to be lower because they they have so many people. You okay. know what I'm saying? Like, I get what you're saying. There's so many movies out there, and only a handful of them are okay with no, a few problems. Look, okay, watch. Friday 13th, The Shining, uh, Caddyshack, a comedy classic. Uh, the Awakening, which has okay. R- Rupert Nero and uh, well, Rob Williams, but nothing recent. I did. Oh my god! Okay, nothing recent that was super good, like classic. Gonna okay, be, gonna be classic in a few. JFK, years. great film, nineties. Okay, okay. True Ro- Romance, that's a good film. Bat Batman, the anime series, Batman, Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. Anything in the two thousands? Okay, so we're gonna go in the two thousands. All right, let's drill on through. All right, let's see. Uh, 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 <laughs> shit. Wait, no, wait. Oh, man. Oh, man. Holy shit. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. Th- th- no, there are some good movies. Oh, Training Day. Whew. All right. Training you Day. You just proved my point. No, no, no. Because only... it's a long list. It's a long list. That's why. And if you have to scroll through to find because so they... many of the like gems that are in there, it's like. Oh, okay. Ocean's Eleven. They got the ocean films. Uh, Time Machine's good. Death is Smoochy. That's a good one. Insomnia. Uh, oh, you're just giving me like this look like. Mm-hmm. Completely disinterested. Okay. Harry Potter films. Harry Potter films. Oh, yeah, I just only saw the first two. <laughs> Those are good movies. Except for the first two. Ah, The Matrix. Come on. That was in, like, the 90s. That was in, like, late 90s. The, the Terminator films. Didn't you just say they were shit? One and two are great. I'm talking about, like, three, four, and five. Which came out in what? Uh, it came out later. Yeah. There are good million-dollar baby. The Aviator. That, I didn't those are, like Million Dollar Baby. You didn't like Million Dollar Baby? No. The Aviator. The Aviator I like. That's a great movie. That's Scorsese. Look, Constantine. I even give it a Constantine. The Keanu Reeves film? I remember seeing it, but I don't remember watching it. Like, I don't remember what... <gasps> Batman Begins. Come on. Oh, Intercept... Uh, what's it called? Uh, you want me to stab you. No, I'm like proving my point. Siriana. Yeah, yeah. Siriana's no V for Vendetta, ATL. V for Vendetta was trash. Damn. You're just... Okay. Did the, did the part it? 
You like that movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Prestige. That is a great film. That's a great Christopher Nolan film. They're, they're, Zodiac. That's a great fucking film. I watched that one, didn't I? Yeah. That's the one with Mark Ruffalo and uh, when they follow the Zodiac killings. Okay. Uh, yeah. Nothing. You got nothing, huh? You got nothing. And, well, Michael Clayton's good. Okay. No. <laughs> now I'm just like, now we're just like naming off movies. I'm just like, that's good. That's good. That's good. Okay. Anyway. All right. You know, I can't, and I have to take your word for it because I didn't see them, but you're good. Mm. Apparently is things that are all right, but have a few problems. How many of the ones uh, every that you movie was good that has a few problems? Yeah, that, that doesn't take anything away from it. It still is a good movie. Every movie has a few problems. Even yeah, but not the way that they have a few problems. No, no, no. Like now with like their deep, with their comic book department, they're, they're going shit. They're going guard. I'm not going to deny that. They have. A, they don't have it because it's like, like there's Disney, right? But see, there's Disney and Pixar, and then like the Star Wars films, mm-hmm. and there is always a head for each department. I don't know who's the head of Pixar right now, but like Kathleen Kennedy is like the head of Star Wars right now, so she's telling where where, where everything should go. Kevin Feige does Marvel. There, they, he's letting him do with. They, uh, sorry, he's guiding Marvel. They don't have somebody to really instruct. DC's path. Well, whose fault is that? Warner Brothers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the head of Warner Brothers. Everybody has like a shitty. Every every studio goes through like a shitty, like a, like a shitty marathon. Every Universal, Sony, Warner Brothers, Miramax. Miramax would just be great. Mm. And they went through the shitty thing. <sighs> so I don't think I don't think it's. I think it's the head of WB, but they, for every shitty DC film, they do have good films. D- WB on their own has good films. Okay, go watch Tarzan. You picked an obviously bad movie. Anybody who saw the, who saw the trailer would have thought that was a bad movie. Okay, a lot of people like that movie, though. Yeah, that's why they got that sequel made, huh? That doesn't matter. Yeah. It, I don't think it was written to have a sequel. Yeah. No, they could have done they were They were planning on making that a franchise film. That's news to me. Yeah, that's bad. I don't know. I completely disagree with you. Uh huh. Oh man, Ninja Assassins. Wow, that's a bad movie. Book of Eli was good. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. All right, close down this page. Anyway, <laughs> so that's gonna be our our news segment with our question. Uh, it's a good debate. You know, I didn't. It's I, probably gonna be our last show because oh, you know tomorrow. Up. Tomorrow in the news, Kelsey has murdered Mark Salcedo. It wouldn't even say that. It would be like a white woman killed a black guy at the end. No, they would use names because they wouldn't want to admit that I was white killing a black guy because, you know, that doesn't go with the narrative. No, because the narrative is he broke into her house and recorded a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) How dare he do that? How dare he? All right, so yeah, that's going to be our news segment uh, for the week. Uh, for our Try This, Try That segment. Try This, Not That. Sorry, I always get that wrong. Try This, Not That. There you go. For our Try This, Not segment, uh, I'll go first. So I watched Chernobyl, the uh, HBO miniseries. Uh, came out this year. Four-part miniseries. No, five-part miniseries. Sorry. Uh, it's created by Craig uh, Mazin. Um this dude's history blew my mind. This dude made like superhero movie, which is like a shitty parody film. Mm-hmm. Like remember the early 2000s, they were doing those really bad parody films. Mm-hmm. 
Hangover 2, Scary Movie 3 and 4, Huntsman, The Winter, The Winter's War. He was a writer on all those movies. So he created Chernobyl. And holy shit, that's one of the best like TV shows I've ever watched. Okay. He didn't direct it though, or he only wrote it? He's a creator of it. Okay. He's a creator, showrunner, he did some writing. I think he directed like one or two episodes. There's a difference between writing original content that shit and mm. writing something from history. Yes, that's, yes. So that's probably why it's like blowing your mind because it's not like. Not necessarily. I mean, you can take something from history and make it shit. Yeah, you, you, know. you can, but I'm saying it's easier. Bohemian Rhapsody. Huh? Bohemian Rhapsody was shit and that's from history. Because they threw too much original content in there. How is Bohemian Rhapsody original content? Because it not, some of it wasn't true. Like what? You didn't hear that the movie was kind of based off of him? Like, you talking about Bohemian Rhapsody or are you talking about the Green, uh, Green Book? No, I'm talking about Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. Some, like, it just wasn't, it wasn't like true to who he was or whatever. Okay. Well, I, I looked up Chernobyl and some of the history. Some of it was made up. Like, there's a, there's a scientist who's played by, uh, what's her name? Her name is Jet. Oh, Emily Watson. She played a scientist. That scientist doesn't exist in real life. She's supposed to be like an amalgamation of like twelve other scientists that helped that helped during the incident. The I think incident. that's to make it less confusing. That's true, but like, I mean, what she did. She has like a. a sorry, we're going way ahead. So Chernobyl is pretty much about the Chernobyl nuclear um, accident that happened in Soviet Union, like in 1986. Um, it was a, what happened was that a nuclear reactor nuclear reactor exploded, and it was several hours before the army did anything to like save their uh, save the residents of Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. Um, from my understanding, or if I can remember, it took about twenty hours before they even like acted accordingly. So all these people were exposed to all this nuclear uh, nuclear material without even knowing it. And it's been rumored that, like, the deaths estimated to be between, like, 40 to, like, 93,000 people that died because of this incident. And it's not, like, death right away. It's, like, over a period of time. These people got, like, strong case of cancer within, like, two years or something like that. You know, babies didn't make it past, like, three hours of being born. Um, a lot of, like, people died during this explosion. So... The reason why I want to recommend this is it's kind of like it's hard to watch, like how we had saw um, when they see us. Mm-hmm. That was hard to watch because it was like so realistic and so fucked up. This is kind of like of the same caliber, but it's a lot of like oh my god moments. Like you can't believe this shit's really fuck. Well, same thing as when they see us, but it's also like kind of grotesque because they actually show a couple of times what the body looks like when it's been hit it with all this nuclear wave. Mm-hmm. or radio waves or whatever and it's like one person pretty much like becomes liquid <laughs> over a period of time mm. it's really horrible but i was just hooked on this show and every episode is about like an hour and 10 minutes long or something like that it felt like i was watching a two-hour movie it was like so intense hmm. so it's great shit i've been meaning to watch that one yeah you should definitely watch it i mean there was even like there was like one scene in particular where I, I'm just watching it and then like they show what this person looks like and I literally screamed, oh my God, 
I had to turn away because I was gonna start throwing up. It was so fucking graphic. Wow. And like I've seen like some fucked up shit like in my times watching movies, but this is like, whoa, okay, this is horrifying. So hmm. great shit. <laughs> <laughs> not like not like those movies or shows where they tell you something's gross and you're like, come on, really? Yeah. No, it's like wow <laughs> like you know and it was it was it was like a real incident you know pe- all the people died and like it wasn't until maybe like the early 90s where the uh president at the time who was gorbachev gorbachev thank you yeah he was the president at the time it wasn't until like the maybe till like the mid to late 90s no i said mid 90s where he wrote his bio that he was like yeah what happened in Chernobyl was like the beginning of the end of the Soviet Union. Like mm-hmm. that was like one of the biggest things. And it, I mean, they, they, like I say, they follow during, after, and then like the preceding trial. So who to blame. And then they even go back a little bit to explain what happened, like what it cost. And it's like really fucked up, like how it happened and like the cover up. So then like, you know, cause Soviet Union want to be known as strong, allies who don't make oh sorry strong into a strong country that doesn't make mistakes but this is like their biggest mistake <laughs> yeah one of them. so definitely should watch it <laughs> uh so kelsey what do you got um i have always be my maybe mm-hmm. um that is on netflix mm-hmm. it is directed by nanchaka khan Oh, dude from Fresh Off the Boat. Yep. What? Okay. So, Fresh Off the Boat, American Dad, 2005, and Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23. Mm-hmm. Um, it stars Ali Wong, Randall Park, James Sato, and Michelle Buteau. What's this show? What's this, what's this about? I have to preface this with the fact that, <laughs> let's see, as a teenager, I loved rom-coms. Mm-hmm. Uh, as an adult, I loathe them. Yeah, because they get too corny or ridiculous, right? I don't know. It's like uh, I'm kind of past my years of like joy. Yes, of joy. Uh-huh. Of believing like that love is anything other than like um a really optimistic way of possessing somebody else. <laughs> okay. So, um, <laughs> I never, never thought of it like that, but okay. Well, the way other people love each other, yeah. Mm. Um, this one was actually really good. It actually had me laughing, and it was believable because they weren't so starry-eyed for each other that it was corny. But they were. There was definitely like a like a deeper kind of understanding between them because they were friends. Yeah, you're talking about uh, Randall Park and Ali Wong, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then of course there, you know, there just ends up being some distance between them, and they meet again as adults. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you don't watch it for any other reason, you should watch it because Keanu Reeves is in it. Yes. I did not know that going in. I did not watch a trailer for it uh-huh. i was completely blindsided for it and it completely made my day yeah um this movie i i used to really like rom-coms or rom-coms are like a good romantic movie but a lot of them are so like cheesy or i've seen it before or just like really stupid and the only way that, the only reason i started watching is because i kept hearing about this this movie which is um uh produced by netflix 
And we sat down and watched this, and we were just busting up laughing every, like, 15, 20 minutes. There was, like, something ridiculous happening in it. It was. I I don't know. There, I don't think there's really any other film out there that's like this one is. Yeah, because, like... There are, there are different rom-coms out there that are mm-hmm. more on the realistic side. Yeah. That you would like um, maybe come off more as, like, an indie film or whatever. Mm-hmm. This one didn't really come off as indie, but it definitely wasn't, like... It's stereotypical. Yeah, it wasn't stereotypical. Yeah, I mean, they, it follows somewhat of the same tropes of a rom-com film, but, like, they, they do from, like, an Asian perspective. And they even, like, like kind of show you somewhat of the cultural differences between the two, because I think Ali Wong's character is maybe Korean, and then Randall Park's character is maybe, like, Chinese or Japanese or something like that. and uh, Or it might be vice versa. I could be getting it wrong. But, yeah, they, they, they bring about their culture a little bit, but then, like, they don't make it drive the relationship. And, uh, I mean, it ends a typical happy way, but, like, there's, it's, a funny, it's a fun journey to get to that. The only thing I, that bothered me about it was the thing that drove them apart as teenagers was never resolved as adults. Yeah, they, yeah, they just had sex. They resolved it. That. <laughs> yeah. Completely worked. I mean, they end up happily ever together. Happily ever after together. Mm. Together. Together. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, the Keanu Reeves scene. <sighs> that shit was hilarious. And I don't know if you've seen this, but there's this there's this thing going around where like they've taken that they've taken the scene where just, uh, Keanu Reeves is slowly walking to a restaurant, looking like all majestic as shit, and like they've taken different songs and put it in the background, and it works perfect every time. Really? Yeah, it's really great. It's, it's really funny. <clears throat> well, yeah, Keanu Reeves, he dude was really fucking funny. He was like, an, uh, from what I heard, he was like an, an over exaggeration of his like actual personality. It's great to see him in something funny as opposed to like constantly getting glass dra- driven into his face. Yeah, or trying to like bring back his dead family in the form of clones and shit. Or you know, running like an old man. Johnny Utah, fucking FBI agent. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, uh, Kelsey, that's your try this? Mm-hmm. All right. And my try this, it's kind of a try this and a try, not that. It depends on your mood. Uh, I got my hands on a copy of Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This is based off of the popular comic book series that came out last year where... Batman meets the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> and, all right. I went into this. I don't know why I went into this thinking I was, this is going to be like some serious deal. I have no idea why I thought that. Uh, but I think like half hour into it, I was like, all right, cool. This is like a, this is a Saturday morning cartoon. Like, I feel like I, sh- I feel like I should be eating like my bowl of cornflakes while watching it. So it's animated? Yes, yeah, it's, it's all animated. Um, the voice of Batman and Joker is Troy Barker. Troy Barker. Sorry, Troy Baker. Troy Baker did work. Uh, he's a video game um, voice actor. Uh, his most his stuff I can think of right now is like uh, one of the Batman Arkham games, mm-hmm. like the f- prequel one. And he does a good job as Batman. There's this actually really badass scene where Batman and Shredder fight, like this full on go at it. And mm-hmm. It's actually pretty dope. 
Uh, I don't remember what, what was so scary about Shredder. Except that he's got pointy shoulder pads. Long pointy arms and like knuckle thingies. And he's like karate and all that shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it was <laughs> and it was pretty badass, like in the comic in the comic books. Um like the turtles couldn't fight him. Like all four turtles would like jump him and they get his, they get their asses kicked. Yeah. So that was pretty good. But um I say it, it like I say, it depends on how you want to go in at this. If you really like these animated movies, by all means check it out. If you don't like these animated movies, you're not gonna like it. Um, it does have a nostalgia like, hey, remember like Cowabunga and like Pizza Time and Turtle Time and all that shit? Well, we got plenty of that here and like, and it's Batman, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds weird. It, it's, it doesn't get, they don't, they, it's funny because like they don't, I, I thought it was going to be like an interdimensional thing, like a portal open and they're in like the DC universe. Mm. No, turtles are, they're just like three cities over. Three cities over? <laughs> yeah, and apparently Batman never heard of him. He's never heard of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The world's greatest well, he's detective. Too busy, he's too busy brooding. This one was less brooding. This, bro- this one was actually kind of campy. Was he? Yeah, like he had some jokes. So like, he was like Spider-Man, found his suit, and decided to wear it? No, not that silly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he does He does say cowbunga at one point. Oh. <laughs> You're like, ugh. <laughs> that's kelsey's not that yeah <laughs> so yeah that's um that's gonna be our try this not that for this week we didn't really have any not that's yeah, you know I, I only watch gold and burp sorry <laughs> <laughs> my deepest apology all right and with that we're gonna jump into our review <sighs> Of Dark Phoenix. Ladies and gentlemen of NASA, this is Charles Xavier. Help is on the way. We're doing space missions now. Cool. We get the astronauts, we bring them home. Go. The heat signature's rising fast. We gotta get out of here. Where's Jean? Where is she? Should be dead. Did you hear what the kids are calling you? Phoenix. Hello, Jean. Who are you? The better question. And that was Dark Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Okay. All right. I gotta stop doing that. All right. So Dark Phoenix, the 2019 Fox film. Uh, it's actually the last one, and it's the last X-Men movie in their whole Fox lineup. Uh, Dark Phoenix, directed by directed and written by Simon Kimberg, and it stars James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, Jeffrey, Jennifer Lawrence, Nicholas Holt, Sophia Turner, Ty Sheridan, and a bunch of other folks. And so, the synopsis is, Jean Grey begins to develop incredible powers that corrupt and turn her into a Dark Phoenix. Now, the X-Men will have to decide if the life of... Sorry, this movie is so stupid. <laughs> now, the X-Men will have to decide if the life of a team member is worth more than all the people in the li- living world. Fuck, that, that last part did not happen, but whatever. Anyway, before we go into spoilers, Kelsey, what did you think of this fucking gem of a film? Uh, I think it was 
beautiful. And it had some good music in it. Um, and that's not enough to carry it through. <laughs> like, seriously, I feel uh, like the cinematography and the CGI work and, and the score were wasted on this story. Yeah, the score done by Hans, Hans, Hans Zimmer. And uh, I kind of agree with you with, this, with the special effects, but not fully. I mean, they weren't yeah. super great, but I'm just saying it was a very pretty film. Yeah, there are a lot of vibrant colors. Like fire, fire, vibrant colors. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, I so that w- there was one part that was weird. Well, we'll save we'll save that for spoilers. Okay, so you said that the music and the special effects doesn't carry this film, right? Mm-hmm. What else you want to add to it, this film without spoiling it? Um, I heard that they had to. They were basically writing the film as if they were shooting it. So, you know. Oh, that's always a good sign. Great. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can kind of tell. Yeah. Jesus Christ, man. Uh, they like to repeat a lot of very generic phrases. Like what? Give me a phrase. Um, it's, you know, it's like, let me, let me put it to you this way. Okay. Dark Phoenix is... A very, very poorly written Iron Giant. In that, uh, I'm listening. Iron Giant is someone who is seen as a bad thing uh, with a good heart, and he, you are who you want to be, right? Okay. And that's all they fucking keep telling <laughs> Sophie Turner the whole time. <laughs> That's true. You're a good person. You're a good person. You're a good person. And Jean Grey is the Iron Giant. <laughs> yeah, she even talked like him. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, my take on this film, if you guys haven't figured it out, is I hate this movie. <laughs> um, I was one of those fools who thought the original X-Men movies were good, like one and two. But then I saw the light, and that light is uh, Logic. And, you know... No, uh, not the artist. Not the artist, no. 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 <laughs> and I... I mean, this movie was, like, trash before it even got released. So we honestly went in with a preconceived notion that it was going to be a bad film. And, I mean, that happens to anybody who's hearing reviews about a movie. But this movie's bad all the way. Like, the story doesn't make sense. There's a huge, giant, gaping phoenix-sized plot hole there's like a few of those a few of them yeah and like i i mean i don't okay i don't normally talk during the film Mm -hmm. but i felt compelled to like yes i thought this person was supposed to look like this yeah I thought this person was like supposed to be that person or something. Was like supposed that. to be that person. Why are these two people in love with each other? Yeah, it was like, and then and like, I don't know that much about the comics. I was like checking with him to make sure that I was just not uninformed. Yeah, this is a thing. Like, like okay, to kind of go back to these to like the the good the actual Marvel films like Captain America and Iron Man. People will go into these movies not really knowing these characters and fall in love with them during the variation of 
I mean, during the um, the runtime of the film, Guardians of the Galaxy is a great example. People didn't really know who Guardians of the Galaxy was. They even made a joke about it in the movie. People were like walking around at the end of the movie going, I am Groot. Mm-hmm. Okay. X-Men's been around for like, they've been doing this movie for like 20 years. Yet when this movie ended, I mean, when this movie went on, people were just like, I don't know who these people are. Why do I even care about them at all? Even though Except you're for so- the teenagers that were in the theater with us. Oh, man. Well, you know what? I mean, they're young and stupid. They don't know their shit. <laughs> or how a good movie is. Whatever. Anyway. So, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I am not one of those people who are alone in this. Um, there's articles coming out that this movie is going to lose about a hundred million dollars at the box office. And I think over the weekend, it made about $33 million. Yeah. Something like that. 5 million on preview night, which is like chump change compared to like these I big read, box office temples. I read temples. somewhere that, um, this is actually the first X-Men film that didn't. Oh, crack number one. Crack number one. That is true. This is the first one, and this is like the worst reviewed movie of the X-Men franchise, which is shocking because X-Men Origins and fucking X3, X3. are garbage films as well. Um, one reviewer uh, by the name of Jeremy Jans, I love watching his reviews on YouTube, he called this the worst X-Men movie ever. And I was just like, wow, that's <laughs> saying something, man. Uh, but yeah, I mean, off the back, <laughs> we don't like this movie. And we're going to get into why over here in the spoilers section. Spoilers, spoilers, get yourself ready for some spoilers. If you don't want to listen to it, get yourself a glass of milk or orange juice or alcohol, whatever your taste. We don't judge here at the reappeal. The whole movie is a spoiler because it sucks anyway. Spoilers. Spoilers. All right. As I was saying earlier, this movie's trash. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As someone who doesn't watch, um, who doesn't know anything about comics, mm. I, I used to watch the X-Men animated series back in the 90s. Yes. All I remember is that I loved it. I don't remember anything about it. Mm. Except Wolverine had a lot of yellow going on and a lot of pointy hair. Yes, that's Wolverine. I know. <laughs> he's, just, he's just like a starfish, pointy and yellow. <laughs> um, and I kind of, after having some of those questions that I had, mm-hmm. I definitely can see where other people would be like, okay, I like this movie because I don't know who these people are, so this makes complete sense to me. Um. But the fact that it's only made $33 million. <laughs> Not a lot of people said that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't agree with it. Uh-huh. I'm just saying. And it's so funny because there are movies out there that people um, people love and it makes no goddamn sense. Yeah, but there's like a... There's, and there's this like a- one, like, people don't love it. And I'm like, well, this one has a good excuse because... I know you guys aren't all comic book lovers, (laughs) you know, so go love this one all you want because it's pretty. Yeah. And that's what people like. Pretty. Yeah. As uh, people who love the Godzilla King of the Monsters film, it looks pretty, but everything else is stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Atomic Blonde. Atomic Blonde is one of them. Uh, You call it the, uh, with dangling 
dangling the keys in front of him. The shiny penny syndrome. The side, there you go. The shiny penny syndrome. Yeah, they they uh, they get attracted to all the 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 tricks and all the the pretty and all the yeah shiny the and action shit. and all whatever and yeah. then they they don't realize there's no plot. Yeah, so one huge plot hole that's in this movie, and you can see it in the trailer, is how Jean Grey gets the, the Phoenix Force, which is really stupid, because I know you've never seen X-Men Apocalypse, correct, Kelsey? Right. Okay, for people who haven't seen X-Men Apocalypse, I mean, don't waste your time watching that shitty-ass movie as well, but at the, by the end of the movie, you realize that Jean Grey has the Phoenix Force already inside of her. Like, they kind of tease it a little bit, and she, like, unleashes it to defeat Apocalypse, which is really stupid. And so this one, she doesn't have inside of her. <laughs> it, it, now it, it, it pops back into her again? It, it, it doesn't make sense. Um, does the comic, or does Apocalypse or whatever, does it ever explain what it actually is? The Phoenix Force? Yeah. Yes, the Phoenix Force is essentially this force that creates life and death. It's like this ultimate power. They're, they did this whole Dark Phoenix saga in the comic books. They've brought back the Phoenix as recently as maybe four years ago with a character called Hope. And this started a storyline called X-Men versus the Avengers. It was a great uh, story. This one doesn't even explain what the fuck the Phoenix Force is. It doesn't even say, it doesn't even call it the Phoenix Force. It, it is called it a power. Um, the way you just described it, I think however great Avengers was, mm-hmm. I would love to see the next, the next phase or whatever end with them defeating the Phoenix Force. Like all those Marvel characters. Well, in order to do that, they have to bring the X Men in. That's like, and I, I think I, I know Kevin Feige has said uh, the head of Hollywood Marvel Studios has said that we are shit, probably like a good five to ten years away from seeing X Men in the Marvel universe, which makes complete sense. They want they, they have to build up to it. They, they have, have to build to up to really it. build up their cast and their crew and their stories. Yeah, they have to, and they have to make sure everybody forgets those fucking X Men movies. Uh, so it's funny because like this one is supposed to be like, like the big story arc in the X-Men movies and it ended with like a whimper. So, excuse me. One of the biggest, another one of the biggest problems is, um, the guy who plays Cyclops, uh, Ty Sheridan Mm -hmm. and Sophie Turner who plays, uh, Jean Grey they're supposed to have like this legendary like chemistry between Scott Summers and Jean Grey. He comes off as a fuck boy. He comes off as somebody who's in the friend zone who doesn't know he's in the friend zone. That's how I took it. Really? <laughs> yeah. I thought he came off like a fuck boy. <laughs> like, you know, she was toying with him or whatever uh, because he was probably fun. But yeah, and he, she was, and he was her little bitch or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Oh my God. And then like, the way I was so happy, I have never been so happy to see an X Men die. Fucking Mystique finally gets killed, and I know Jennifer Lawrence is like, "Yes, my character's dead." You can tell she did not want to be in this movie at all. She's like, "I'm so done with this shit." Yeah, and like they make Xavier become like even in the comic books, he's kind of like he he turns into kind of an egotistical asshole over time. Mm-hmm. But like this one was like 
they completely shat on that character, that whole Charles Xavier character. Okay, let's talk about Charles Xavier for a second. Okay. They introduce him to the movie. Mm. He has hair. Yeah, and... Um, like 70s hair. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So um, that's a little different. Not well, bad, he, though. It's understandable. Yeah, I mean, he had hair in some of the previous movies. In First Class, he had hair. Days of Future Past, he had hair. He didn't lose his hair until Apocalypse. <laughs> Yeah, I'm stupid. His hair, his hair met the apocalypse. It no, literally, hard. like, uh, his yeah. hair blew off his head in the apocalypse. Apocalypse blew off his head trying to get in him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, who played Charles Xavier? Oh, James McAvoy. Poor choice for for this character. I've okay. seen him. Pl- he can be a good actor and he can be a shitty actor. Yeah. I think it depends on the material. It depends on the material, but also I don't. I think he was probably directed to play the way he was playing. Yeah. He did not come off as genuine at any time during the whole entire film. I could not believe he was not believable. Uh-huh. He didn't feel like he cared about anybody. Uh-huh. And then he had like a scene where he was angry or whatever, but it wasn't like real. I don't know, and it just it was flat. It was just really flat. Yeah. And then, like, his character was, like, super manipulative when it came to Jean Grey. Because, like, Jean Grey causes her parents to die. And Xavier comes to her, like, after the whole incident. And he's like, I'm going to take you in. But instead of, like, helping her through the trauma of what happened. And, like, yes, you caused this to your parents, but it's not your fault. Blah, 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 blah. He just, like, buries that trauma. Like, let me just put walls and barriers around it. And just have it bury it. Bury it. And... I mean, anybody who's taken, like, I don't know, 10 minutes of psychology would be like, no, that's not a good idea, because that's going to come back up in a bit back way. Yeah. And his character did it. It's like, oh, this is never going to come back. And it did. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Are you serious? And, and, and poor Michael Fassbender. Oh, man. I actually like him as an actor. When he's given good material, that dude can work it. Mm-hmm. With this, it's stupid. It's really dumb. Like, at one point, he's like, Gene comes to see him for, like, salvation. And he's like, you know, I swore off killing people for revenge and blah, 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 blah. And then once he gets the news that she's the de- that she's the reason Mystique dies, he's like, I want to kill her now. No, 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 no. We need to talk about first when she goes, when Gene Grey goes to see him <laughs> yes. on his island where they never grow up. <laughs> oh, the, it's the island from, uh, what, Pinocchio? No, from... Um, oh, Hook. What is that island called? Never Neverland? Yeah. What's it called Never Neverland? Yep. Oh, I thought that was Wizard of Oz. Anyway, sorry, go on. <laughs> I have no idea. It's the Emerald City. Oh, got my white movies mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll forgive you because you didn't watch the, uh, the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Um, she goes to visit um, Magneto. Mm, on the island of Genosha. On the island. It's called the island of Genosha, but they never say that, but whatever. <laughs> you know, accuracy, fuck it. And she has blood on her shirt. Mm-hmm. Looks like it looks like she just spilled ketchup. Mm-hmm. And you know, she had the opportunity to change her clothes, but of course she didn't do that. No. Um, she asks him for help, mm. and immediately he's like, "Whose blood is that? Whose blood is that? Whose blood is that? Whose blood is that?" So she like deflects and continues talking, and then he's like, "Whose blood is that?" 
and she's like deflecting again and he asks her a third time she never tells them but she leaves because he's like i can't help you yeah you're causing this problem you call you're causing these military personnel to come from my island <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing about that that, that military scene. It's so stupid. <laughs> she grabs a helicopter and she kills everybody with the blades. Yeah, she like, there's two helicopters. She crashes one and then like, there's a, t- <laughs> there's a scene where like Magneto and Jean Grey are fighting for control of this er- helicopter and she's just standing <laughs> there like if she's holding like a basket of fruit as an offering. <laughs> And Magneto's, like, standing there, like, if he's, like... In a Constipated? Ma- yeah, or, like, being blown by, like, a tornado, like... <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. And then, like, pushes the helicopter away, and it flies away like a, like a fly. Like, there's no fucking... It's like, uh, pew. Yeah. Like that. Like, there's no weight to it or some shit like this. We're gone. <laughs> uh, so she leaves. Yeah. She flies away. Yep. <laughs> And which always cracks you up every time you see them fly. Yeah, you start cracking up. Why? You need to tell me why. Oh, okay. So at one point, Magne- okay, we gotta back up, and I gotta see if I can get this out of me. Magneto, Jean Grey comes to the island of Genosha, and these guys are like, "Stop! Who are you? Who are you here to see?" Um, and then like, you hear. I think you hear like Magneto's voice. Like, hey, and then he like floats to her, but it looks like it looks like somebody was in a helicopter just like flying him along, or if it was like one of those puppeteers. What do you call those puppets? The, marionette. The sh- yeah, look like a mar- he looked like a marionette puppet, just like flying. Across. I think it looked like a still of him was photoshopped <laughs> onto like a scenery, and they just made it look like he was moving across. Yeah, just dragged across like. Like, no motion to still shot drag across. <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, and then, like, when she flies away, she, like, looks up and she flies away and it's like... And it's so quiet. Yeah, she's like, up, up, up. She's a dot. That's it. Yeah. Like, nothing. Like, like almost like if she shrunk. <laughs> which looks really weird. <sighs> so, yeah, there's that. Oh, we gotta talk about the villain. The Oh, uh, she looked weird. Yeah, Jessica Chat. Uh, Jessica Chat. Chastain. Her character's name was. When you response, Kelsey, what's her character's name? I don't remember. Exactly. Nobody knows. <laughs> it's I think it's like Vux, like V U X. They say it like once or twice. Her character is they they never. They don't explain their characters at all. They explain it, but it's a very like. It's like a super vague answer or something. Like it's a really vague reason for being there. Mm-hmm. Um, basically her, her people were obliterated by the Phoenix force. Like it goes through and it eats planets or whatever. So her people were displaced. So they spent, they've spent their lives following the Phoenix force around so they could learn to harness it so they could rebuild their planet. Um, and they end up on earth and and quickly change that mind within like what? 20 minutes. Not even like <laughs> they're like, oh, we're on Earth. Two seconds later, let's just invade. <laughs> yeah, because you know Earth is all that. Yeah, exactly. So they decide the Phoenix Force is here. It's already residing in somebody. Mm. So if we can just, we don't have to, um, we don't have to harness 
the Phoenix Force, we can just manipulate the person who is containing it. Yeah, who's in control of it, yeah. And that's how we're going to manipulate the Phoenix Force, how we're going to use it. And so she has no emotion. They don't even say what kind of creature they are. Yeah, I had to... You don't know anything about... What kind of people they are. Yeah. If they're good people, bad people, what their planet was about, nothing. It's just Or even like justify that their planet was destroyed or anything like that. Like I I had to look them up. I mean, I know, I I remember what they were in the the cartoon, but like in the movie, they called them like the Dabari, which I think that's what they were calling the, the 90s animated cartoon. I keep thinking Chitari, but I know that's X. That's uh, Marvel. Mm. For some reason, uh, the Shikon Jewel and Lalandra. Draw a brain fart. Anyway, I'm sorry. Didn't mean to cut you off, Kelsey. So, um, I don't. It's gonna be. It's already. I'm already starting to forget it. It's a very <laughs> forgettable uh, film. It's so forgettable. Um, let's talk about. Uh, Magneto's fighting style. What was his fighting style? Do you want to bring up the subway? Oh my god. I can't believe fucking forgot that. <sighs> okay. There we go. Okay, so the to go back <clears throat> to go back before we before I forget. In the movie, <clears throat> her people were called the the Bari or the D Bar. <laughs> the D Bar. The D Bar. <laughs> in the comic books, she's part. Of, they're called the Shi'ar. <laughs> <laughs> the Debar and the Shi'ar. Yeah. The Debar hey, and the Shi'ar. You know what? This is Simon Kimber's writing process. Okay, let me write this shit up. Okay, cool. Debar. All right. Let me Shi'ar. let me see. I could call him the Shi'ar, but people think it's like the part of the nineties, the nineties cartoon. Let me change that up. The Kiar. Let me call it the Kiar. No. The that I, sounds like Kia. The no, Ikiar. The Ikiar. No, it sounds like the store. All right, the Debar. PR. The PR. No, PR. that's the. Uh, yeah. I don't want to sound like a press release. Yeah, company. no, 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 PR. No, the the Debar. There you go. The Debar. The Debar. I raised the bar, and no one can make a better movie than me because I raised the bar. <sighs> Jesus shit, man. Anyway, Debar. Debar. So yeah, back to Magneto. <laughs> Magneto's fighting style. Okay, so there's this fight between the X Men and like some of of uh, uh, Magneto's uh, cronies who I don't know who any of they are. I don't know any of their fucking names or anything like that. Like, they, they're they just people there. So Magneto is needs to build a barrier so that no one can disturb him while he goes try to kill Jean Grey. So this motherfucker, what he does is like he kneels down and he's pulling something up from the ground. I honestly thought he was going to pull like a big metal pipe or some shit, like a like something for like water, like a sewer, or something? like yeah, like a sewer pipe, or like some huge sewer thing, which I thought would have been cool. This dude pulls up a fucking subway, pulls up a subway from the ground, with and he's people like, in it, with people in it, and he's like, picks it up and then creates like this blockade in front of the house, and then puts like one end of the subway in through the door, so he can like, like I said, create this bo- blockade. But there were like a shit ton of cars. There was like even a a tour bus, a double-decker tour bus. He could just stack that up and made a wall right there. No, he's lifted a subway out of the ground. <laughs> Wasted like fucking five minutes doing this shit. 
It was so stupid. You can tell like Simon Kimber was like, this is going to look fucking cool on screen. No, it's crap. <laughs> it's fucking garbage. Man. Um, I kind of want to talk about Nightcrawler a little bit. Oh, uh, yes, please. First of all, I had no idea who he was because I'm like, okay, <laughs> he's another blue guy. Uh, Why do we have two, three blue people? Cool. Oh, that's right. Yeah, three blue people. Um, the thing that I wrote down about him in the beginning when I was writing notes and then decided I didn't really care anymore to write any notes on uh, him. Uh, I wrote down Nightcrawler's teeth prevent him from talking or closing his mouth. Yeah, they're a little too sharp. They're, like they, they try too hard to make him look like a demon. Which is his thing, but he's not that de- he's not that that exaggerated. Well, I mean, you put too much teeth in the guy's mouth. It's not even that they're too sharp. Mm. They're long, and there's a lot of them. And he couldn't. It's like I would expect that if I was standing near him, mm-hmm. because he couldn't close his mouth, he would just be like. <sighs> <laughs> That, that's how you'd hear him breathe because he can't close his mouth. They're like, hey, like, hey, man, can you, um, can you just stop breathing for like, why we get this shot, please? Just stop breathing. <laughs> stop please. breathing. Oh, you died. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Cody Smith McKay- McPhee. I'm sorry, Kurt Warner or <clears throat> Nightcrawler. But yeah, his did he have dialogue? Did he have dialogue? He had some dialogue and it was, sounded awful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I like what he said. Here's some dialogue and it sounded awful. <laughs> Here's one of my other issues with him. In the beginning, the whole reason why she ended up with, uh, Jean Grey ended up with um, the Phoenix Force was because you had astronauts go into space. Mm -hmm. They lost communication with them. Mm. The X-Men are trying to be heroes or whatever and change their outlook. You know, how people see them. That's so stupid going. So they go up in their plane that has rocket boosters on it, whatever. That logically doesn't make sense because... They didn't say anything about fire protection on the way back down. Yeah, or like, hey, can the metal withstand the vast coldness of space while we do this? Exactly. Whatever. Yeah. Logic. So, So we go into space with them and they see this big cloud... Which is the Phoenix Force. Yeah. And it, I heard, I've heard this big cloud compared to Parallax from um, the Green Lantern film, which I don't is. I don't know what that is. It looked like a giant, a giant ball of dookie. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think it looks like magical fart. Yeah. Um, Someone like light, let a match. That was it. No, it was just magical. Like it's ready to explode, but it didn't explode yet. So it was a Phoenix fart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we're in space with them, and uh, shit starts happening because, of course, the Phoenix Force is, like, destroying that ship. Yeah. Or the shuttle. Shit's popping off. So they decide, Nightcrawler, one of his one of his uh, abilities is... Uh, teleport. He can teleport, and he's yeah. also really fast to the point where it seems like time is slowing down. Are you sure you're not thinking of uh, Quicksilver? Maybe it's Quicksilver. Yeah, you're th- those are two different, two completely different characters. But yeah, the Quicksilver's the the speedster. Okay. <laughs> First of, they're not super clear about who can do what sometimes. Yeah, they're just not. 
I also wrote down that they're just making shit up. <laughs> I did. Please explain. I gotta hear this. Look, okay. Here's my notes. <laughs> Marvel opening pages are slow. You know how they do all the page turning with the comics? Yeah, opens? yeah. Mm. It, it was pretty slow. It wasn't like it normally is. Yeah. And then I said Charles isn't very relatable. Mm. Then I wrote down his license plate number because it was stupid. It was 767-PEW. <laughs> then I wrote the X on his chair because it looks like a regular wheelchair with a blue X on it that lights up. Cool. <laughs> then yeah, I said... Wait, this, this is the phone call Charles Xavier said, uh, made. Yeah, hi. I'd like to order a uh, wheelchair. Yes. Uh, silver. Uh, make sure the wheels look like X. And make sure I got an X in the back. Yeah, they got lights on it? Oh, put those neon lights on it. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next thing I wrote was Beast is always blue. Oh, they don't. <sighs> do you want me to comment on this? Yes, Why? Do it. Okay. Beast, or Henry McCoy, he becomes this big fairy blue monster, right? Hence the name Beast, but that builds into his character. He's like he he's looked at this monster, and people are like, "Oh my god!" But he's like a super intelligent guy. Kelsey Grammer played him the best. <clears throat> uh, Kelsey Grammer was like the best rep- representation of him in the X Men movie. In this movie, they keep finding excuses for him not to be blue anymore. In the last movie, he took like some drug to stop himself from turning blue. In this one, apparently, he can just change at will now. That's no, that's not supposed to happen at all. I don't know. I think it's <laughs> stupid. I didn't even know. And him and Mystique have a thing. Yeah, that's stupid too. <laughs> another another set of chemistry that doesn't work at all. So after I wrote that, I then I wrote Nightcrawler's teeth prevent him from talking or closing his mouth. And then the next thing I wrote was just making shit up because. <laughs> Was that your last note? Please tell me that was your last note. No, it wasn't. Oh, uh, that would have been hilarious. After that, I wrote, speed is relative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then after that, I wrote, going to see her father, but says they don't know where she went. She said to at least two people she was going to go to her father. Mm-hmm. And then when, when Xavier asked, where did she go? Yeah. They said, I don't know. I thought... Uh, no, Cyclops said he's, she's going to see his father. She's going to see after her father. After that, after he said, I don't know, uh, then he said, she's going to see her father. Like, <laughs> that's a, I think that's a, one of those times where I kind of like threw my hands up and like, like kind of shook my head like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it, does nobody see what I'm seeing? <laughs> no, I, it was only like you, me and like what? Six, six other, teenagers yeah. that obviously were wowed by everything. Yeah. Shiny penny syndrome. That was the last thing I wrote because after that, and that was maybe 30 or 40 minutes in. Damn. We were just like, fuck I, this. I stopped writing because I'm like, I'm missing shit now. Because like what I said about Nightcrawler, mm. I thought he was the one who was, but then I think it was just that he was teleporting the speedster. Oh yeah, yeah. He was I think But was I just I didn't understand why he couldn't grab Jean Grey in time. Yeah, he could have just like teleported in there real quick and then teleported back. Yeah, so stupid. He had enough time, but it was like he was hesitating or something. It was weird, like their pacing yeah. was off. And it just made it seem like he just wanted her to die. 
You know what? Speaking of, because you just you just reminded me of Quicksilver. Okay, Quicksilver's in the movie at the beginning, and then like the first battle with Jean Grey, he gets his ass like thrown around, and then like he's too injured to go into battle. But they never say that. They just show him. They just show carrying him on a gurney, and that's it. You don't see him for the rest of the movie, like at all. When? Mm. Oh, in this movie. Yeah, in this movie, you don't see him in the movie. You see him. He gets his ass kicked. Carried on the gurney, doesn't come back to the next near the end of the movie. That's it. <laughs> like, and it'll go like, "Oh, Quicksilver's out. We, you know, we have to like, he has to rest." Nope, he's just not there at all. <laughs> um. Also, I think Xavier's Charles Xavier's um, helmet makes me think of Star Wars. Oh, the Cerebro. Yeah, it's shaped weird. Yeah, it is kind of weird. That's that's funny how you brought up the helmet and everything. The whole Cerebral thing has not changed in like 30, 20 years. Cerebral is always like in these movies, and it's looked the same ever since. The only difference is like they don't have wires connected to it. Hmm. I did like the bridge, like the thing that he rolls up to in that room. Yeah. Because that, that is the only high-tech looking thing in the whole entire <laughs> fucking film is a... Curved piece of metal. <laughs> the most high tech thing is a curved piece of metal. <laughs> Listen yourself. So we got to talk about. We have to talk about the uh, the final battle scene on the train. Okay. Another one on the fucking train. <laughs> that shit was so sad <laughs> and so fucking boring. Oh no, we're X-Men. We're chained up because you humans don't trust us. Help us. Free us. You'll be sorry if you don't. And of course they don't. Then then people die. And then they get free anyway because there's one guy left who frees them. Yeah. And Jean Grey is knocked out. (laughs) I just thought of something, right? What was it? She's laying on this table, Uh. basically spread eagle. (sighs) And Charles Xavier is free, and he gets in there, and he's whispering in her ear, and she's not responding. And then all of a sudden, she starts talking to him. Like, like if she was ignoring him the whole time, and then she's like, <laughs> oh, I'm awake now. I wasn't. I was sleeping the whole time. Yeah. Believe me. I Believe was. Me. Totally. I didn't hear all that gunfire. None of it. <laughs> uh, you pointed something out, and I remember hearing about it, and I looked it up, but... Um, the guards, they have a patch that says MCU on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which I believe stands for like uh, Mutant Contain Unit or something like that. I was like, come on, really? You guys got to put MCU on it. Are you guys that desperate? This is uh, to- totally an MCU film. Look, they're in it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, that train scene. Okay, I kind of liked it, but not, a, not as much as to give it a pass. Because it was, it looked like the, there's a scene where the train's crashing and the cars are flipping mm-hmm. and Gene like gathers everybody in like these protective orbs, which looked kind of cool. But then like, that's it. Everything else was just kind of like, it was, it was boring. It was irritating though. That was infinitely less cool because the entire film, she's running around feeling sorry for herself, mm-hmm. feeling like she doesn't have a family and she can't remember ever loving any of these people, even though she says she does. But, you know, if she really did, then she wouldn't be acting this way. Mm. So 
in that moment, she says to herself, um, like she can hear someone say something in her mind, like, like it's a memory or something about protecting your family. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, now she remembers she has a family and that's who she's supposed to protect. And she does with bad CGI. So, well, I was very irritated. So I was like, I don't care how cool this looks. <laughs> Honestly, just punch yourself in the face. That's what Fox did throughout this entire movie. They punched themselves in the face? Yes. Over and over. I think they were just like, we're done. We're out of here. We, you know what? Marvel bought us. Um, I'm not going to do this anymore. Simon Kipper is like, fuck it. I got fin- to finish this shit. Like, like, they limp their way to the finishing line. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, like, the ending, she, like, I, I, Jessica Chastain's acting is so, like, wooden. It look, She looks like how I look like while watching this movie. Just completely dead. Like, mm, what the fuck is this stuff? Her eyes looked like they were drying out of her head. Yeah, and her, it was weird. They did her makeup really super weird because she's not ugly, and she was pretty ugly. Yeah, and like she had no eyebrows. She had no eyebrows, and her eyelids were huge. Yeah, and like it, it was weird because like in the in the whole trailer, she had like this white hair, and I thought it was supposed to like add something to the character, but it didn't. No, just she just happened to have white hair. It was weird. She just looks weird. And it was weird because the the entity that took her over mm-hmm. didn't look like that. She took over a human that looked like that. <laughs> so, oh, this human looks pretty evil. Let me take yes. over her body. Let's 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 make her. She looks evil enough. I don't have anything to do about it. Yeah, she's evil enough. Uh, yeah. So, avoid this movie, please. Yeah, don't watch it. Don't ever watch this movie. Uh, So yeah, that's going to be a review for X-Men Apocalypse. Uh, That's our review. I'm sorry, X-Men Apocalypse. X-Men. I'm sorry. (laughs) Dark Phoenix. They're all trash. They're very trashy. They're trash. Trashy trash. Trashy trash. All right. So what we're going to do now is one of our segments. It is our segment. Nobody does this segment ever. In the history of the world, nobody is what we're going to do is called Deathbed Do Over. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Deathbed Do Over, like I say, this is your first time. What we do for Deathbed Do Over is we take a film that either had a really good concept or had a good one, uh, act one, act two, and just like took a shit on the bed at the third act. Mm-hmm. And we try our darnest to fix it because, you know, we are part of the Hollywood elite. We know uh, what we're doing. We're in, we know what we're doing. Million dollar scripts um, by day. Uh, Some people uh, need a film degree to understand film. <laughs> yes. But we don't. We don't. We don't at all. <laughs> all right. So. You knew what that was about. <laughs> <laughs> okay. For this, uh, this episode, we are going to do Hancock. The 2008 film, Hancock. Um, For those who have never seen it, uh, Hancock is a superhero whose ill-considered behavior regularly causes damage in the millions. He changes changes when the person he saves helps him improve his public image. It's a superhero film with no superhero 
property behind it. Do you like Peter Berg? No. Okay, good, because that's who directed this, and I just realized that he directed Battleship, and that was a shitty fucking film. Mm-hmm. And Friday Night Lights was very cliche. I heard that movie's really good. It's not my thing, but I heard it's dope. They did a TV series off of it, so. It's the same as any other teenage, fil- you know, underdog <sighs> fucking film. So you mean I would love it? It had heart. So you mean I would love it? Wait, was James Vanderbeek in it? I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that shocked me about this movie, Vince Gillian wrote this, wrote the script. Who's that? That's the dude behind Breaking Bad. Okay, that doesn't surprise me. That, well, I think uh-huh. it, this is that's where the disconnect is coming from. Okay, it has the bones of a great story. Yes, directed by someone who should never have touched it. Yes, I. Okay, so I'll I'll give off why I like this concept. It's not a conventional superhero film. It's if anything, it's an anti-hero film because, but like the dude is like a full-blown alcoholic. He doesn't give a shit. He's just like destroying everything to save lives. He don't, but not like I have to destroy this building to save this woman. He just like superpower jump, land, create like a small crater, and be like, my bad, and just walk away from it. Yeah, <laughs> which I like that. You know, it's like very like dirty esque. You know, and it's it's up Vince Gillian's alley. You know, the anti-hero kind of thing. Exactly. <clears throat> So, let's get into the ending, if you guys have not watched it. Um, So, near the end of the film, Will Smith realized that he's like a god. And Charlize Theron, who he finds an attraction to, is a god as well. Uh, What happens is that... (coughs) uh, So, these gods would never meet, mangle, meet, mangle, (laughs) meet, mingle, or procreate. The longer they stayed together, if they were in love or just around each other, the weaker they would get and the more chances that they would die. Uh, so what happens is like some guys that uh, Will Smith stopped from robbery, robbing a liquor store comes back. Charlie Theron is like in the hospital because something happened. I can't exactly remember now. Uh, and it's revealed that like they were together like 80 years ago. And this is during like the civil, uh, I would say civil war, the civil rights movement. He gets attacked. Wilson's character gets attacked, gets his head busted, <clears throat> and ends up in a hospital with amnesia. And Charlie Theron's like, I'm, I want to protect him, so I gotta leave so he can get healed up again. And he forgot he lost his memory. Uh, so Charlie Theron's ends up in the hospital. Will Smith has to fight these bad guys, and they're in the same vicinity. Uh, Will Smith has to kind of like actually fight off these bad guys with like no superpowers. Then he, like, leaps and bounds away from Charlize Theron, like, higher than a higher than the tallest building. Don't forget, every time he jumps, her heart beats. Yeah, that's dumb. <laughs> and he finally, like, super leaps away, and then, like, she comes back to life. Uh, but another reason why the relationship couldn't work is because Char- Charlize Theron ended up with uh, Jason Bateman, her husband. Mm-hmm. And he, like, tried to start some campaign, some, like, hard campaign. What the fuck was it? You watched All Hurt or something. Yeah. And uh, Will Smith kind of, like, 
he kind of like gets his life together and whatever, goes to New York, becomes a superhero there. Why Charlie's there and, and Jason Bateman's essentially like his PR people. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's the end of the movie. So yeah. <laughs> We're gonna fix it. <laughs> you go first, Kelsey, please. Okay. Uh, the movie starts with Will Smith drunk on a bus stop bench. Everything else that follows is the imagination <laughs> of an alcoholic who knows he can be so much more. Mm-hmm. But never really got the help and support he needed. The end. So, you know, it was just in his mind. In his mind. Okay. All right. I'm going to go the same route you did. Uh, this is actually an imaginative scenario of president of the second condi- conditional. Sorry, con- congressional? Con- Constitutional? <laughs> you wrote it. I know. Constitutional? Con- I- Yes. What? Continental. There you stupid. Go. <laughs> President of the Second Continental Congress, John Hancock. Now, <clears throat> for those who don't know, I'm going to give you guys some history. John Hancock. The reason why people say, oh, sign me your, sign your John Hancock is because when you look at the Declaration of Independence, John Hancock's name sticks out the most. It's big letters and it's above everybody else's. Just like Will Smith? No. Just like what? Donald Trump did to that <sighs> fucking document overseas oh, yeah. this week. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so, the reason why this movie happened is because his colleagues were making fun of him. And was like, you're not going to be anybody special. Anybody worth remembering in history. So, he goes into his imagination world where he's a black superhero in the, in the late 2000s. And... <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think uh, I was kind of high when I wrote that, so sorry. <laughs> sounds fun. Okay, please. Save uh, me. Save me, Kelsey. Save me. <laughs> All right. Charlize Theron mm-hmm. decided that she lived so long. She wanted to be the first person to go back after going black. <laughs> it's hard finding... Uh, uncharted territory when you've lived 3,000 years. <laughs> Good night, folks. <laughs> that, was so, that was so bad. Mine's is still worse, but okay. All right, so here's, our, here's how I would end it. Charlie Th- Theron, Theron's character, Mary, uh, reveals to Hancock that they were once lovers and they were that they were lovers but they're part of a race of people destined to fight one another until there's only one she snaps his neck stands over his body and proclaims there could be only one boom Highlander remake <laughs> boom I actually like Highlander <laughs> alright okay. the real reason Will Smith put that heart on the moon uh-huh. Is because he knew Jason Bateman would get in trouble for it. <laughs> so stupid. You know, a little jab for stealing his woman. Uh, a fake kindness with evil undertones, like telling someone you like their shirt when it's the ugliest damn thing you've ever seen. That's true. That design. That there's that huge ass heart design on the Earth, and like no, on the moon. Oh yeah, on the moon. I'm sorry, on the moon, which might fuck up the gravitational pull of the Earth. Oceans might, you know, tidal waves might be created. And that's how Bruce Almighty started. The end. The end. Or would it be Evan Almighty? No, it was Bruce Almighty. Bruce Almighty. Okay. 
All right. So mine's is uh, come to find out, um, Jason Bateman's character is actually Michael Blue's twin brother from Arrested Development. He's part of the family that uh, nobody likes talking about because he's too genuinely, genuinely nice. The end. That one's not funny to me. I've not funny. Yeah. Talking, People so. will be like, ha ha, I get it. But that's still not funny. <laughs> gems, folks. These are gems. <laughs> uh, the creators of the film mm-hmm. have an extended cut where they talk about the ending as an experiment. Mm. So the ending, they knew it was bad. Okay. This is how the movie's gonna end. But it's like a third wall type thing. Oh, right? they're gonna, yeah, they're gonna uh, the fourth so wall. They're gonna break the, the fourth wall. The fourth wall, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the creators are actually part of the movie too. Okay. Okay. So they wanted to see if the audience would still like the film, even though it makes no sense for their people to cancel each other out by being in a monogamous relationship <laughs> with each other. <laughs> their kind would have died out a long time ago. So their experiment showed that people will like almost anything with a hero and action. That gave DC and WB their idea to keep going on their trajectory. Trajectory. <laughs> yeah, DC and WB were like, "I like how this works. Let's go." Yeah. <laughs> uh, should I do mine? Mine's just kind of like a deep ass fucking cut. I don't understand it anyway. So. All right. This is for like the deep cut. DC people. Uh, this was a testing ground for Valzad, Earth 2 Superman, who's black, who looks like Will Smith. From Columbia Pictures, they were hoping to have a Superman S kind of compete with WB DC films. And well, it didn't happen, so. Voila. This is better than DC films. So. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, so that's going to be the end of our uh, Deathbed do over. Uh, we have an extra song for it. This is what it is. The end. Cassie's just gave me this dead ass look like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay, so, <clears throat> like I said earlier in today's, uh, or this week's episode, our geriatric cinematic review, um, is a classic. Uh, and that film is, what year this movie came out? Actually, 1992, I think, uh, I'm drawing a prank right now, 1995, sorry. So our geriatric cinematic review is 1995, uh, The Usual Suspects. Usually, when there is a crime... There is a motive. I want to know why. 27 men died on that pier for what looks to be $91 million worth of dope that wasn't there. Usually, when there is a lineup, there's only one real suspect. This whole thing was a shakedown. And there's no way they'd lie in five felons in the same room. But this is not the usual crime. This is not the usual motive. He was in the harbor killing many men. Kaiser Sose! He saw Kaiser Sose. And these are not the usual suspects. And that was The Usual Suspects, directed by Brian Singer. Uh, the script is by uh, Christopher McCormick. Oh, I'm sorry, McCory. Uh, Chris McCory has been lately directing these uh, Mission Possible films that have been making like 200, 500 at the box office. So, uh, synopsis, uh, Soul Survivor tells of the twisty events leading up to a horrific gun battle on a boat, which began when five criminals met at a seemingly random police lineup. Uh, film stars Kevin Spacey, Gabriel Burns, 
uh, Chaz Palminteri, Benicio Del Toro in one of his earlier roles, Kevin Pollock, and Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> the synopsis just spoiled it for me. Did it? It did for me. How so? I don't... Souls of Robert Tells okay. Listen, listen. Uh-huh. This was so hard for me to follow. Uh. I didn't know he was the sole survivor. They they said that like at the beginning of the movie. I was having a hard time following it Damn. and paying attention okay. and I was like forgetting things as it was going on. Uh. To the point where I I just remember <clears throat> their faces. Mm. And calling who who the person was. Yeah, the, who the MacGuffin was. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> it, it's a, to me, like, since you like to give opinions in the beginning, uh, for me it was very forgettable because I don't, it was just, like, they wanted to keep the mystery alive mm-hmm. to the point where they didn't care if they were confusing you. They just wanted you not to understand what was going on until they wanted you to. Okay. Um, I, I don't. I just don't think it was done that well. Gotcha. Uh, I never got that sense when I first saw this film, like like fifteen years ago or something like that, a little bit longer. Um, this I actually there's a reason why there's a couple reasons why I want to show you this movie. One was um the connection to X Men Brian Singer, and this is like the film that got him recognized, and. Your level of having no nostalgia, love for any of these films or pop culture, you actually went through life without even knowing the ending, knowing the the big twist ending. Mm-hmm. And this twist is like so big into the pop culture zeitgeist that I've heard jokes about it in other movies and TV shows, in conversations. And I called it though. You did. No lie. You were like. We were like 20 minutes into the movie, and you're like, oh, it's Kevin Spacey. And I was like, why do you think it's Kevin Spacey? And I'm like, because he's like a gimp, and that's something like a 90s thing they would do. They would like do this, blah, blah. I'm like. It's always the gimp. Yeah, I was like, and I had to play. Oh, fuck, I had to play that off so good. I was like. You did a good job, though. Yeah, I was like, no, it's not him. Trust me, it's not him. <laughs> fuck, I was fighting that smile. I'm like, God, you got it already. <laughs> Yeah, but you straight up. I even wrote in my. Wait, hold on. I gotta pull this out. <laughs> I gotta pull this out. What? Let me see. Note number. Uh, holy shit! This is like note number five or six, and I wrote down. Fuck. Kelsey figured out Kaiser twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that was like. It was like damn. I think that's when it started to go downhill for me because I was like. You got it already? Like, I got it. Like, I got it already, but then I didn't get it because uh, you told me it wasn't him, and then I got really confused, and mm-hmm. then I was like, okay, I don't know. I don't fucking know. Okay. Uh, so, I was even a big skeptic going back into this movie because um, of Brian Singer's track record. He's kind of, he's just consistently been making bad movies. Some of them are like, kind of all right, but they've been pretty bad. So, I was kind of... WB. Okay, so I was a little, I actually kind of went in thinking like, well, maybe it's not as good as I remember. And by the end of the movie, I was like, damn, I fucking love this movie. But I think that goes into the writing, though. And he's not, Singer's not a really cool, stylish director. There are cool, there are certain cool shots, but I don't think he had anything to do with it. I think McCormick was like, I mean, McCormick was like, do the shot like this. 
that's that's my understanding of uh, it. It probably was, and I think that probably Brian Singer is the reason why uh, I didn't fall in love with this film. Oh, you already had like hatred towards him. Um, no, I didn't. No, I'm saying he's not a great director, <coughs> and he didn't do that great of a job with this. <coughs> so sorry. I I just think that he's the one who shit the bed. Yeah, I I probably I would have to agree with that. Um, all right. So you you said it was hard to follow, which it can be a bit confusing if you're not really like paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I actually I actually really enjoyed rewatching this because I knew how it ends and I knew I've seen the movie enough to, a number of times where like there's that reveal where like uh, Kevin Spacey's character has been like reading all these uh, postings and pictures and like files on the wall. And that's how he was able to like conjure up this story. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so cool. Like as I'm watching this, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's where he got that. That's where he got that story from, or that's where he got that life from. Mm-hmm. So it was fun kind of going back and just like seeing like the clues that played out that you're like, Oh, okay. You like, uh, for example, there's a part in the movie. I mean, it's really hard. It's really easy to miss. But Kevin Spacey's character, he says um, he wants coffee. And he says if he gets dehydrated, he his, like, blood really fucks up or some shit. And he says, like, oh, when I was when I was a kid, I got so dehydrated, I pissed out sludge. Yeah. And at the beginning of the movie, when you see, like, this Kaiser Soze mysterious character pissing on this fire to, like, stop, to stop this trail from exploding, mm. the piss comes out, like, clumpy. So you're like, ah, well, Did that's how it's not clumpy. Yeah, if you like rewatch it, you can see it's clumpy and thick. It doesn't look right. Like yeah. someone's maybe dehydrated. I saw it was like a lot yellower than it should be, but that was it. Yeah. And then one, one of the biggest clues that they really give you is um, the lighter Kaiser Sose used at the beginning. You see that exact same lighter Kevin Spacey uses when he's like walking out, lighting mm. a cigarette. They're like, oh, it's a gold lighter, gold lighter, boom. Yeah. So. Speaking of that opening scene. Hmm. My first note was, why did he stop the fire to the drum of gas to kill the guy if he was just going to set it back on fire again anyway? My guess is that he wanted to make sure Keaton was dead because Keaton knew the truth. Because Keaton at that point was like, oh, hey, Kaiser. So oh, that didn't, it didn't come off like that, though. Well, like they kind of they kind of get they get into it because uh, that guy that he killed, um, like the detective, uh, Chaz Palminteri, he was pointing out that like. Kaiser Soze had to make sure he was dead. Which Kaiser, like they play that this character has to put the bullet in you to make sure the job is done right. So maybe it was something like I I always play with this idea that everything that happened did happen, but he just changed the names around like a like a Law and Order SB, SVU episode. You know the names have been changed to protect the innocent, like all that shit. Mm-hmm. I think he kind of did it like that, but he really like inserted himself as verbal Kent. So he can like get into this group and like make sure this hit happens. That's how I took it. Then my second note was it started kind of slow. Not sh- really sure what's going on. <laughs> not sure what's going on. Uh, Keaton's hair sometimes looked like it's gray or losing color. It was like distracting. Like sometimes mm-hmm. it would look like it was freshly dyed, and then other times it would look like he was graying. I think that was the lighting. It looked weird. Yeah. One thing that I pointed out, or that I that I looked at, was how um, Chas Palmentier's character, the detective, was like super smug as fuck, mm-hmm. and wanted to constantly be like, "I'm smarter than you." Yeah. And there was even like this power 
this show of power when like he was towering over him while talking to Kevin Spacey's character. And then like as he started losing his power without even knowing it, he was getting lower and lower to the point where he was sitting down across from him, like almost having a conversation. Mm-hmm. And that was like when Kaiser Solo say like had him in the palm of his hand because he was just like, oh, yeah, this is what happened. It's totally bullshitting the guy. Yeah. So it was totally cool. Um, I wrote down the conversations between the cops are infinitely less interesting than the conversations between the group members. Mm-hmm. I just want to know what's going on already. <laughs> That's going to be the end of your end of all of your notes. I just want to know what's going on. I just want to know what's going on. Also, Fabio is Kaiser Soze. Yeah, <laughs> that was. Yeah, so I I I said this while we were watching it, and you guys who are listening should definitely check this out. When I saw this movie, the last time I saw it was on a smaller TV. I think it was on TV, right? And the Kaiser when they show Kaiser Soze like. Or would you say, like, what, Latino Fabio? He was, like, Palestinian or Turkish. Turkish. He was a Turkish, Turkish. He was a Turkish Fabio. As he's walking away, slow motion, his hair waving and the fire in the background, you don't see his face. And then when they show, like, this Kaiser Soze standing at the beginning of the movie, you don't see his face. But in a high-definition TV with, like, a bigger like bigger screen, you completely see their faces. You're like, <laughs> these are totally different, two totally different guys playing yeah. this character. I, I, didn't, that was funny. I didn't notice at all. I thought that was like super fucking funny watching that. <laughs> I was so distracted. My next note is working in real estate and living in LA. <laughs> I find the movies that show the city buildings fascinating. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't really like that movie, but man, the way how that building looked. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was more like, well, I don't remember that. That building must have been bought and they changed the name of it. Oh, or yeah, where, yeah. Where? is the downtown office in all of this is did they build it yet is it there these are these are the answers you need right yeah exactly (laughs) ridiculous (laughs) um one thing oh okay this is something you because you would have to look this up but people who are into the misfits this is fucking hilarious kevin spacey's haircut and do he look like jerry only from the misfits now jerry only now jerry only has it's like balding in the front where he has the what's the it widow's peak widow's peak but it's called like a not a fryer tuck it's called what's that that way you're balding where like this is missing but like the front is still there i have no idea i forgot what this is called but like he had that but he had like a widow's peak that was like really leaning in forward mm-hmm. and jerry only has that exact same hairstyle except like the hair goes down to his chin it looks really weird um there's towards the end there's this guy who gets one of the guys gets shot i remember that now uh the curly hair oh kevin pollock okay okay and he just has this look on his face there's like no emotion his eyes are just kind of like a little wide and that's it he just turns very slowly his mouth agape slowly slowly turning Slowly. Slowly. Slowly turning. Okay. Do you uh, fade to white. Do you understand what that means? I mean it was it was badly shot, but do you understand what that means? He was like, What? Well, yeah, he died. He was going into the light. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it meant. I mean it was stupid how they did it, but that's what they meant. It was dumb. <laughs> and then my last and final note is mm-hmm. I called it it was the gimp. Yes. And I really didn't write down a whole lot because I didn't follow it very well. Gotcha. So. Um, all right. Well, if, and that, if that's the case, I'm going to go ahead and 
come up with a couple of notes that uh, I thought was actually kind of funny. Um, while like at the end of the movie, the 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 gang of what five? Is it five men? No, it's four. It's four because one of them dies. Benicio del Toro dies at some point, which I had to give credit to his acting because you could hardly understand him. Oh yeah, and he did that on purpose. Like Brian Singer was, I don't know, Brian Singer or Chris Christopher is like, you're this guy who p- people barely understands. Oh no, now I remember. Now I remember. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Okay, because I remember getting this in my notes, uh, in a bit of trivia. But Issa Del Toro's bizarre dialect in the film was reportedly so intelligible um, that during one scene, Stephen Baldwin actually forgot his cue due to due to being unable to understand what Del Toro uh, had said. Del Toro, his reason for the way how he was acting uh, was because he knew his character was going to die. And he was like, there's no point in me like really get anything good. So fuck it. I'm going to have fun with this. <laughs> and he like did it too. And he's like one of the most, to me, he's one of the most memorable characters in the movie. He did a great job. Um, kind of makes me think of, who's that blonde guy? Boomhauer. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Vinicius Del Toro is the Boomhauer of the usual suspects. <laughs> uh, okay, so let me see. I gotta, I gotta mention who they were originally gonna get uh, for the part of Redfoot. Redfoot is the guy that they fenced the jewelry to. He's the dude with the blonde hair with the cigarette. Uh-huh. So uh, Jeff Bridges, Johnny Cash, Chris Cornell, Tommy Lee Jones, Charlie Sheen again. James Spader and Christopher Walken were all offered the role of Redfoot, the L.A. fence. Wow. Johnny fucking Cash. That would have been dope. You think so? The Men in Black? I would have loved to see Johnny Cash like that. I'm a Johnny Cash fan. So to see him pop up like that, I would have been, I would have been totally with that shit. Hmm. His acting probably would have been not so good. It probably would not have been. Nah, probably not. <laughs> Um, this film is ranked number 10 at the AFI, uh, 10 greatest films in the genre of mystery. Um, Kevin Spacey had to read the skip script twice when he received it to make sure he fully understood it, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Uh, another bit of trivia was that on, on set of the film, nobody knew who Kaiser Soze was. Uh, the only people who knew was the director, the writer and Kevin Spacey. Really? He, they were the only ones. And Gable Byrne had said during, uh, when the film premiered at Sundance, that he didn't know who Kaiser Soze was until he saw it on film. He, oh. was like, he was like, holy shit. And he actually was pissed to find out that he wasn't Kaiser Soze. Because <laughs> I guess he really liked that complex character. Um, I'm, I'm reading through some of these. And mm-hmm. um, it says, in one of his most infamous reviews, uh, Roger Ebert, uh, uh, gave thumbs down to the movie, giving one and a half stars. Roger Ebert's most hated list. Yeah, that's hilarious. And people like consider this a classic. But anyway. I think he was kind of known for being controversial with his opinions of things. Yeah, back then, he did not hold back. He was like, this movie's fucking garbage. Well, I also think he wasn't always a great critic. Yeah, there are movies that he has eaten his words on. Um... Uh, what's one of them I can't think of right now? Maybe it was Star Wars. One of the films that he just hated, and it was like, it's like a great fucking film. Maybe Scarface? 
know, some films, yeah, he's just, he was like completely wrong. But like not every critic can get it right every I, time. I get it right every time. Except for this movie. No, I got it right. Okay, whatever. I, I side with Ebert. Whatever. I don't actually hate the film. <laughs> I kind of want to watch it again mm. so I can like. Really digest it. And, and find the clues and like, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else we got. Okay, here we go. This is this this is what he was. Uh, this is what he said on the Colbert Report in 2005. Kevin Spacey revealed that Brian Singer managed to convince every one of the major actors that they were Kaiser Sose. Uh, when the first screen of the company actors, Gabriel Byrne was so stunned when he found that he wasn't Kaiser Sose that he stormed off into the back. Into the parking lot and argue with Brian Singer for half an hour. <laughs> Damn, it's fucking hilarious. Um, there's one that you <clears throat> highlighted in red. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's. You want to just talk about that one? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you go ahead and read it. Um, it says in December 2017, amid a flood of sexual misconduct allegations against Kevin Spacey, Gabriel Byrne said that at one point during shooting. Uh, production was shut down for two days because Spacey made unwanted sexual advances toward a younger actor. On June 2018, Kevin Pollack uh, claimed that the person in question was actually the then-boyfriend of director Brian Singer. Yeah, I heard about this story and what it was, supposedly, is Brian Singer went... This is total rumor, so it's not confirmed. How the story goes is that Brian Singer was looking for Kevin Spacey, went into his trailer, and saw Kevin Spacey blowing his boyfriend. Mm. And that got into a huge fucking fight. So. Um, I kind of feel like if that was true, I don't know, it might have come out a little differently. Mm-hmm. Like, did it not come out? No, no. This, like I said, these are just rumors. And... <clears throat> I want to say stuff like this happens all the time in studios or in shooting, but it kind of does. Like this is like the shit that like they don't want people to find out. <clears throat> you know, actors, <clears throat> actors sleeping with um, their co-stars and shit like that. Like that rumor for years. Oh, not for years. That Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt were sleeping together, and Brad Pitt was doing it behind Jennifer Aniston's back. Mm-hmm. And then later on, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt get married. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As far as like, there's even a rumor going around that um, we didn't talk about a new segment, but Bri- what's his name? Um, the dude from A Star Is Born. Oh, um. Fuck, already his name is blanking on us right now. Because it's hot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Star Is Born actor. I'm going to say Ryan Seacrest. Why am I saying that? <laughs> Uh, Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Yeah, supposedly what Bradley Cooper and and Lady Gaga were kind of fooling around on set. I didn't hear that. Mm-hmm. I just heard. What well, I guess what I read today was that A Star Is Born changed their relationship. Oh really? But it didn't. I mean, they did a great job of hiding it. Yeah, up until the Oscars, where like they pretty much wanted to eat each other. Did they? You saw them sitting together singing that song. They were just like all over it. Like how I am on this Yeah, mic. they were saying that was acting. I'm talking about him and... His girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like supposedly, you know, they were 
doing their thing and people and the the rumors picked up again after that Oscar that Oscar performance. Yeah. So maybe some truth behind it. <laughs> I don't know. All right. And uh I Oh, okay. So yeah, before the production of the film took place, Brian Singer, Chris McQuarrie, and Kevin Spacey agreed that verbal kid will be Kaiser Sose. So they had already cemented that shit from the get-go. Mm. Uh, oh, here we go. Here we go. This is the Benicio del Toro. Benicio del Toro. Yeah, Benicio del Toro's story. I want to tell you. In an interview on the DVD release of the movie, Benicio del Toro admitted that he made his character sound most uh, indescri- indescribable. Uh, primarily discernible. Discernible. Thank you. Primarily because he knew the role of Fencer was such a throwaway role. His only purpose was to die. <laughs> he admits to telling Singer, it really doesn't matter what I say, so can I go really far out with this and really make it incomprehensible? Incomprehensible? <laughs> incomprehensible. Much like how you're speaking right now. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, even Kevin Pollock's line from the lockup, what the fuck did he just say was ad-lib? <laughs> <laughs> But he's like one of the best characters in the in the movie. So, yay for Benicio del Toro. Okay, so that's gonna be. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and draw that uh, geriatric cinematic review to a close. Kelsey, hmm. do you? Th- I, I I know you say you got a little bit lost, but you said you'd be up to watch it again. So, do you think this film would hold up today? No. No. Mm-mm. I really don't. I think there's so many other movies out there that mm. do a better job. Mm, okay. I think it, the whole thing it, with this film is the nostalgia of it. And that mm. twist was good for its time. I have to agree with you on that, yeah. And, it, it, and the twist now is like, come on, I got it in 20 minutes. That is true. A lot of, a lot of audience members are a lot smarter now. And it's harder to keep anything a secret anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, you're probably right. Probably wouldn't hold. It probably wouldn't hold up now. I still love it. I still think it's a great film. Um, no, it's a good film. I like it. <laughs> you like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's going to be the end of our show for this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have an idea what we're going to review yet. We haven't checked on the list. Um, I... If we haven't really come up with anything, we probably won't have an episode uh, for you guys. But I know for sure we're going to be doing Toy Story 4 when that gets released uh, next week. Uh, the geriatric Cinematic Review for that one is, has not been decided. So if something pops up on your feed, um, you got an episode when we figured it out at the last minute. If not, uh, we will definitely be seeing you guys uh, in a couple of weeks. Other than that, uh, Kelsey, you want anything else? Other than uh, you love Dark Phoenix and completely love Legion of Suspects? Uh, As she rolls her eyes at me. Mark wants to die. <laughs> yes, kill me. This heat is killing us. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so that's going to be our show of the Real Appeal Podcast. Uh, if you guys want to contact us, <clears throat> excuse me. If you guys want to contact us, you can email us at real. that's two E's, no A, appeal, A-P-P-E-A-L. Uh, at Gmail. <clears throat> if you want to follow us or contact us through Twitter, we are at Real. No, Appeal Real. <clears throat> Sorry. 
<laughs> we are at appeal appeal real mm-hmm. like real two e's no a uh or you can follow us uh or give us a like on facebook at real appeal at facebook uh well please come back we enjoy this uh we enjoy suffering for you guys because it's hot as hell in this room yeah we had to turn off the air so that you wouldn't just be hearing <sighs> yeah oh i really like dark feet oh my name's kelsey oh <laughs> out of that uh we want to wish you guys a good night or a good day depending on when you listen to us and we will see you later okay bye